coming to get you, Barbara. Oh, that's creepy. <laughs> I love it, though. Now me, I not only drink really, I really drink. We are Buzz on Movies. Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen, to Buzzed on Movies. I'm Teddy. I'm Matt. And we have finally seen the 2020 Oscars. Uh, we didn't just see them. You know, we saw them with everyone else on Sunday. But uh, here we're here to finally give you our thoughts on them after we've done our best to uh, see all the films. We didn't quite make it this year, unfortunately. You could have just not told everyone that we weren't recording right after the Oscars. <laughs> and yet you did. You could have just let them think we had just no, seen it. It's been like a whole hour, Matt. I just wanted them to know that we are recording course, this. Yeah. A, a whole hour. A full hour after the Oscars. This is an emergency episode, which is why you're getting it when you are. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, the production cycle, it, it takes its time around here. But slow and steady wins the race. Um, That's like, you know, just like not true. Yeah, we we did not win the race this year, uh, the regular Oscars death race. Uh, I came very close, very you close, almost won. <laughs> For all intents and purposes, I I finished. Um, it was really down to the wire for me. I think I watched like somewhere in the neighborhood of fifteen movies in the last week. Uh, trying you to were, prepare for you this. You watched almost ten movies <laughs> in the last weekend. Like yeah. you were sending photos, it was like Oscar countdown eight, and it was the day before. And That's I was like, oh like my God. <laughs> I saw I saw one night I saw both the animated and live action shorts. Uh and then the next night I went back for the three hour documentary shorts program. Uh so yeah, it was I, I did watch like four movies an each a day uh on the weekend of as well. So yes, it was quite a bit. I still I've not seen the second half of maleficent 2 uh maleficent origins of evil whatever no um, maleficent mistress of evil this isn't a ouija movie <laughs> i just want to put it in with the ouija is lulu thing. wilson L L L mm, lulu wilson involved here that would make it a better movie <laughs> if that little girl were involved <laughs> i would have made it a better movie now um uh, i've seen half of it i i promise i'm going to see the other half just for completion's sake um Matt, you uh, you came a little shorter, not to not to brag or anything, but I, I no, but like significantly shorter. <laughs> but I'm gonna I'm gonna I want to bolster this, but I want to preface this by saying I've seen significantly more recent releases than you. Yeah, um, that's true. So um, that's why I'm behind. But yes, I am short <laughs> seven movies. Um, I missed, and some of these are shameful, so I'll admit that I missed Pain and Glory, The Two Popes, which yes, I know it's on Netflix. I missed Harriet. I missed Judy. I missed Richard Jewell. I missed Corpus Christi, but I think that's reasonable. Um, reasonable some fair. of us are only legal watchers. Um, <laughs> We're I all missed, legal here. What I are you missed about? Les Miserables, and I skipped. I did not miss. I skipped Maleficent Mistress of Evil. <laughs> that was an intentional snub on your part. It was intentional. Uh, yeah, well, I, I can't say that you were you were too far off in choosing that one to skip. Um, it, I hated the first one so much. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, no, uh, I tried to come back the night of the Oscars after 
having watched the ceremony and finish it, I was just like, I, I am not doing this right now. <laughs> I don't have the energy. It's going to take, I'm going to have to gear up for it. It's not, it's not as bad as Breakthrough from this year. No, so which not we the worst saw. movie that we've had to watch, but it's, it's not one of the better ones. Certainly. The difference for me is that like Breakthrough as somebody who was raised like in an evangelical household, like I can really like, there's a lot in Breakthrough that I just find very laughable and like <laughs> that like reminds me so much of like certain things that like various preachers and church members that I went to church with every single week and did things with every single, uh, like every day almost would say and do and how they behave. That is like, it's like, there's like this sense of nostalgia and hilarity to it all. Whereas <laughs> Maleficent mistress of evil is just like overproduced nonsense. Yeah, like see? I, for me, it it brought back that brought back nostalgic feelings of growing up as the um, the ruler to be of a kingdom, while my winged um, stepmother was uh, sort of guiding me along my way. So for me, that was more of a personal film. So I, I can kind of understand where you're coming from on that one. Uh, Absolutely, I totally yeah. get that. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, so, <laughs> but before we get to discussing Breakthrough and some of these other movies that we watched along the way. Um, let's take a little bit to talk about the ceremony itself. Um, sure. I, I thought that this year's Oscars were really very good, much more, much more interesting and less heartbreaking than last year's Oscars. Certainly. I mean, we're a little, yes, that's true. That's like unequivocally true. However, we're basing that on the fact that like, it didn't end with the biggest disappointment in like <laughs> Oscars history since crash. Maybe it's gotta yeah. be since crash, right? It's up um, there. I have to think so. Um, but the, yeah, uh, most of the movies that we liked won, <laughs> and, uh, the ones that didn't like nothing that we really hated won this year, I think, which is nothing. I hated one. That is, I think that is true. I mean, there's almost nothing. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Nothing that I outright hated was really even nominated for categories that like, matter like yes breakthrough was nominated but that like original song is like a it's not a fake category the song matters but it's like it doesn't really speak to the movie itself right it's, yeah oh, just a totally different thing the song maleficent mistress of evil maybe but technically i haven't seen it so i can't say anything um <laughs> the effects were good i mean i can actually sure were they were in the first one too like that's like the one thing it has going for because it, it pours all of its money into that so um hmm. Yeah, so um, the big winner uh, on Oscar night, obviously, was Parasite, which we yes. were very excited yes. about. Yeah, Parasite was one of my favorite movies from last year, uh, and it is the first foreign language film to win Best Picture at the Oscars, which is incredible. Uh, it's amazing to see that happen now in a time where I feel like we need people to be seeing more different films, you know, not get yes. stuck in the same rut of Hollywood stuff. It's better. It's better that we're getting getting some wider exposure to an international film like this. Yes. So I was very excited about that. Also, won um, best uh, <laughs> best director, best foreign film, of course, and uh, best screenplay. Yeah. Super so. exciting stuff there. Um, mainly because it would have been very easy for the Academy to give it best foreign film. Um, and not give it best picture just because I'd given it that right. Yeah. What's yeah, the we official? We all sort of it's, saw that coming. What's the, the official name of it now? It's best 
I think it's not English language or something. Foreign language, or um, I know the BAFTAs changed their uh, terminology for that. They changed it to best film not in the English language. I think for the Oscars, it's still best um, best foreign language film. Best foreign language film. Okay. Well, it would have been very easy for them to give it to give that to Parasite and not give them best picture. It was very exciting that it actually won best picture. I mean, I don't like I had friends who were calling it in the the run up. They were like, oh, yeah, it's going to win best picture. And I was like, I just it's called best international feature film. Um, Okay. so um, but uh, I was like, no, I just don't trust the Academy to do that. Like, (laughs) like, I do not trust the Academy to give a non English language film from another country best picture i just don't trust them and somehow my friends who trusted the academy were right here and i gotta say that feels both awesome but also like i feel like the rug was pulled out from under me there because yeah, the i ac- thought i understood how the academy worked I the academy I- betrayed stop. us by making okay. the right decision this time yes. they betrayed <laughs> us by being correct and yep. that's upsetting Usually when the Academy makes dumb mistakes, we're able to sort of nod our heads and go, aha, yes, but friend, that is how the Academy works. Exactly. This year, and we, we were... were able to do that when the nominations came out because there were a lot of problems just with the nominations. That's but true, yes. based on the pool of nominations given to us, I thought I understood how everything would fall into place. Yeah, it worked out you pretty know? well, I think, all things considered. Yeah, I'm really, I mean, I mean, I think generally the Oscars did this time sort of go for the most obvious picks by and large un- except for when parasite momentum started building towards the end yeah. like <laughs> it was sort of like you know i mean toy story 4 is you know clearly should not have won but did anyway yeah. that was like, one where i was kind of like okay yeah of course yeah there, and there was a lot of that and like i love laura dern but laura dern winning was sort of like the most like obvious choice it could have been made this year like right like you know yeah. like these were all like and that's not a bet. I loved Laura Dern in all of her roles this year. The multiple. I loved her in Marriage Story. I also loved her in Little Women. That's great. But it was sort of like there was a lot of like this feels like they're going the way we all anticipated they would. And then all of a sudden Parasite was winning everything. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh my God, it's happening. Yeah. <laughs> then, uh, Bong Joon-ho was like giving all sorts of speeches. Yes. Uh, being his very funny self as always. And, yeah, it was uh, awesome. It was a great night. Great night for Bong Joon-ho. Um, one kind of a surprise from all this that I didn't even really realize till the near the end of the ceremony is the Irishman didn't get anything in all this. Nothing. Uh, and it got a lot of nominations. It did. Um, so, yeah. Not the most nominations, but a lot. Yeah. Joker got the most, as we all know. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, Irishman didn't win anything. Um I can't say, I mean, until you'd mentioned it to me tonight, I had not even realized that 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 was the case. I can't say that I thought it necessarily needed anything. So I guess that, like, I hadn't even thought of it because I was like, well, that didn't surprise me. Like, (laughs) Right. Like, the problem is that it was up against, like, every category it was in, it had, like, a lot of other front runners that it was up against. I guess to me, The Irishman was one of those movies where, like, Yes, like virtually every element of it was solid, but nothing about it was like so stand out that I'm going to think about it again like three years from now. You know, like 
Whereas like there are elements from these other like I I will think about some of these other movies down the line <laughs> way yeah. more than I'll think about The Irishman. Like there's like a good all around film. Yeah. That. And um, and I mean, I, I did think the acting was especially good. Yeah, in it's the Irishman. But like. There, so this was, was the a, acting in a lot of other movies. Yeah, this was a very heavy year for acting nominations. Um, and uh, both Pacino and Joe Pesci got nominated, but Brad Pitt was obviously the favorite coming into this, and he won. So, um, and I think that was yeah. the right choice. I think Brad Pitt deserved it. Um, so. Yeah, it was cool that Brad Pitt um, gave like supported the stuntman getting recognition in uh, for the Oscars in his speech. There's a lot of cool things about Brad Pitt's speech. Um. <laughs> my, my favorite part was when he was when he like talked about his personal story, uh, like coming like as a child loving movies and then coming to Hollywood. And he's like, I guess you could say it's once upon a time in Hollywood. And then he like, <laughs> went like, ah, like he knew he was making a terrible joke. Um, oh, Brad. <laughs> he's he's a winner. He's awesome. Um I'm so, a big yeah. fan of Brad Pitt being super hot and also super a loser. <laughs> um. He's just a super goofy guy who happens to be extremely good looking. Yes. Which is, it's always entertaining. That's like the dream come true. Thank you, Brad. Thank you for letting us know that the dream is, is possible. One, <laughs> um, I guess 1917 came into this with a lot of um, energy, a lot of expectations and I could possibly say that it underperformed here. This, I, I think, other than Parasite, it was probably the favorite to win Best Picture, um, and possibly Best Director. But it did get some good wins. You, you think it was the favorite to win Best Picture, other than Parasite? I, I'd say so. At least that seems to be what I was hearing from yeah. various film journalists. But and like based on the previous award shows as well sure i mean war movies just tend to do well yeah and like technically impressive ones i also thought personally that um once upon a time in hollywood might have a chance but um i didn't really think it did no offense i know you really like it i didn't think it it had a chance there i just i do think that the the hollywood bump is always helpful when it is but i think they they are aware that we've all like talked about that for so long <laughs> they're, they're out gaming us here they, they they're second guessing themselves so like we're not going to nominate the hollywood movie this year well they did nominate it uh all right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> they couldn't say no to nominating it <laughs> they they're faking us out they would nominate it and then not vote for it on purpose so they so that we thought that they'd give it the win and then they didn't we're we're getting in too deep here. I feel like I'm we Charlie are. with the cork board and always sunny right now. That that um, is how you that's how you sound. So <laughs> all right. All right. Moving on. Um one last thing that I wanted to talk about um uh, from this Oscars was uh Joaquin Phoenix winning best actor for Joker. Sure. Um this was the big win for Joker. I think they also won best music, which was very well deserved. The music in Joker. The best score, right? Yeah, they won yeah, best, best score. score. Uh, the music in Joker is incredible, and it's a very integral part of the movie. Uh, it sort of uh, underscores a lot of Joker's dancing, which is a very important element. And um, But then Joaquin Phoenix won best actor. Uh, he gave a really good speech, I thought, which sort of uh, 
the the thing I like about his speech is that it goes against uh, a lot of the beliefs of these sort of uh, shall we say more right wing type fans of this movie. Uh, a lot of people are not happy about it, <laughs> but <laughs> it it was a great speech. I thought he um, he was very eloquent, and I thought it was a well deserved win too. I mean, his acting was really incredible in it. Uh, I think yeah. this movie got way too much hate that it didn't really deserve. It was just a, a good movie, pretty well executed, not a masterpiece, but a lot of elements in it were quite good. And Joaquin especially was a star. In this. Yeah, I thought he was great. I thought it was super deserved. Uh, I was excited for it. I like the trend of Joker actors winning awards unless their name is Jared Leto. And um... <laughs> <laughs> everyone but Jared Leto. Um... Um, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was great. I, I was really excited to see him when I was excited to see him use his uh, his award platform, you know, to to give a heartfelt speech, um, talk about River. Um, that was like, you know, just oh, yeah. mentioning River Phoenix is like enough to make me sad. So like, <laughs> yeah, that was like I, I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe he he's like actually talking about River Phoenix on stage. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I thought it was really good. And I thought it was a great moment. I think there were a lot of good moments at the, like just at the, I I thought a lot of people had like good speeches and good time on stage. There weren't, weren't a lot of like moments where I was like, all right, can you just like go away? You know? Um, Yeah. Usually some of the speeches can get a little cringeworthy, but they didn't have to, they didn't have to tell anyone to wrap it up this year, which I thought was incredible. Like, Oh, that is usually they're like playing everyone off. And especially like when Bong Joon-ho had to get up like four different times and they had like the translator and everything. I was afraid that they were going to cut him off, which wouldn't really be fair. Cause like, obviously he had to take a little more time to get his message across, but like it, it went very smoothly. It did. I, I was very impressed. It, Yeah. I'm also thinking about how like crazy it must be to like, you know, you're, you're up for all of these awards where you'll have to give a speech for each one and you have to prepare a different speech for each one. And you're not sure if you'll win each one. So you can't just like have your speeches, speeches build on one another. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, like this is only the third and yet another many deserved awards that I will win tonight. <laughs> you are, it's like, you will soon see the power of this fully operational battle station. <laughs> oh my God. He was like Thanos up there. <laughs> Like, like, <laughs> he was he came, like have you seen any of the videos from him like backstage taking his awards to the engraver like oh yeah yeah he's just like piling them up on the thing he's just like uh no big deal everybody around him is just like oh shit <laughs> <laughs> he's like there are pictures of him making the oscars kiss which I think oh is- yeah i know i saw that um that uh, became a huge meme um it's so weird. Yeah, I can't imagine having to, to coordinate that. But anyway, he did a great job. He All of his speeches were good. But it's just, like, very funny to think about, like, the stress of being, like, this is my third speech. I didn't know I would give all three. Um, <laughs> so. Yeah, at a certain point, you could tell he sort of let other people take the lead because he was running out of stuff to say. Right. Uh, but, yeah, it was a fun night. It was a fun ceremony. And, uh. We didn't have nearly as much to be upset about as we did last year. So yeah, last year we were in a bad mood after that. 
I think we're sort of just like glowing from Parasite winning everything, but yeah, that's like, what that did sort of overshadow any other objections we might have. Yeah, basically. Cause... I mean, I had a few, but like Parasite basically papered over them. That's fine. It's a great win. Um, so moving on to let, let's talk about a few of the movies that we saw in the lead up to this and. Obviously, these are more nominees, so we'll be giving our thoughts as well on whether these were deserving of awards. Sure. Um, <laughs> but uh, one movie that we definitely do not think was deserving of any awards, much less the one it was nominated for, is uh, Breakthrough. I like how you say much less the one it was nominated for, as though that is somehow the most egregious thing of this movie, <laughs> is the song, I'm Standing With You. It's like, it's not the least egregious sin of this movie. The, the what song is the least egregious <laughs> thing about this movie, Teddy. Topher Grace's me? performance. He was the only thing I liked about this movie. I, I like Topher Grace in this movie. God, Topher Grace was like every bad youth pastor I've like <laughs> ever who like not bad, but like every youth pastor I've had who like tried to be hip. What What is he? He's like, yeah. it's lit fam at one point and i'm like please kill me like he he encapsulated that energy so perfectly though he was like he was exactly that character the whole time yeah but come on that was an obvious (laughs) joke let's be real i guess so i guess so i'm not i'm not better if okay boomer had been the joke it (laughs) also it also prominently used uptown funk early on in an attempt to be like a modern relevant film but it's like this is not a relevant modern song it like i don't know how you think time works but we've moved on from uptown funk yeah, i got it that's like you. a 10 year old song also they uh they muted the backing vocals that say hot damn because i guess that's sacrilegious oh can i go on a slight <laughs> tangent here this is completely oh, unrelated absolutely um, good but it's it's just related to movies editing songs. Um, my Discover Weekly this week gave me a song from the A Cinderella Story soundtrack, and it was <laughs> I it was I'll Be by Edwin McCain, and they filtered out the part where he says I'll be love suicide, and so it's like. <laughs> He say he sings, I'll be your crying shoulder and I'll be, and then it like cuts back to a part that's like pre-chorus. And it's like, <laughs> it's like this completely awkward and terrible transition. And I was like listening to it at work. It's like 8 a.m. I'm listening to my Discover Week and I'm like, why the fuck did Spotify think I wanted to hear this? This is like the like the the main version of the song is on Spotify. Like you could just give me that one. It was like completely crazy. Um, So I got to say that until this week, I was thinking breakthrough is the most egregious editing of a song, but a Cinderella story had them beat back in like 2004. Like (laughs) they were doing it before it was cool. God, it was. And like, that's, I mean, that wasn't even like a Cinderella story trying to edit a then contemporary song. I'll be is from the nineties, but like, (laughs) You know, okay. So anyway, speaking of editing and popular songs and movies. All right. So we've gotten all of two seconds into breakthrough so far. Uh we'll try to we'll try to get this in a reasonable, timely fashion. There's so much to complain about. Uh I just I did not like the overall tone of this movie at all. 
And what? You no. didn't like the blatantly evangelical slant of this movie that was trying to make you a Christian? It wasn't even that, oddly enough. <laughs> By the time I got to the end of this, I was like, all right, you know, this kid, he fell into this icy lake. He could have died, but he didn't. Whatever. You can make a good inspirational story about this. That's fine. You can even say that God did it and that like the only God is the Christian God and like he's the one who made this happen. Fine. Whatever. It's a free country. But the part that offended me the most about this movie is the fact that every single person in this movie who shows like the least bit of doubt or worry about the fact that this situation is going to come out okay is absolutely reviled and looked upon as some sort of heathen. <laughs> It's like inex and Chrissy Metz's character is so mean to everyone who's like, oh, I don't know if we're gonna see little Joshua again or whatever. Like, oh my god, people like there's people out there who are legitimately like grieving over this situation, and she is just not having any of it. She's like, no, it's fine. He's gonna live. Damn it. Yeah, I like when she hears the the other people in like the hospital lobby. And they're there to support him. They brought him like cards and stuff and whatever. She hears somebody say to like her mom and she's like, well, I don't know if he's going to wake up. And she's like, hey, listen, listen, <laughs> <laughs> no negativity in my hospital lobby. And I'm like, first of all, you're in a hospital lobby. Like <laughs> this the negative energy <laughs> is everywhere. Like, I don't know if you know what a hospital is, but everything is negative here. I hate to break it to you. A lot of people in this building have lost their loved ones today. So I'm sorry that we're not all concerned about your kid as if yeah. he's the only one in the universe. But a lot of people are going through a lot of shit right now. But at the same time, I thought it was ridiculous that a huge amount of the movie, like by the end, like the movie, like made it be like this theme about how like she needed to learn from her mistake of trying to control everything. And it was like, we haven't really seen other than like her, not letting people like have fate, like believe in like medical experts. We haven't really seen her try to control anything. All she's done is react to things happening around her. Like just like structurally, it doesn't, didn't make sense. Yeah. Like, I was and like, it she's not a control. Like, when we see her before his accident, she's not a controlling mom. Like, not particularly. All she no. does is like say, "How was your day?" And he's one of those teens who's like, "Fine," and she doesn't like that. But virtually, most—I mean, like every teen is like that, and every parent doesn't like that. Like, that's not an abnormal or weird thing. What are you talking about? Like. <laughs> yeah, and also it's not like she actually faces any sort of comeuppance that like brings her around to realizing she has to be less controlling, you know. Like, in fact, I mean, her she son, gets, you know, like almost died, but like, yes, but <laughs> she got everything she wanted by being controlling in that situation. We so. didn't even see her like, I'm. I gotta say, for a Christian movie, she didn't pray a whole lot, and like, we didn't see her like. I don't know, like praying to the Lord above too often, except for that one scene where, <laughs> where like the lightning comes down. Yes. Oh my God. I will never. Well, I, it's the scene where like, he's just been brought out of the ice and everybody's like, we're going to give you some time with your son to say goodbye. And they all leave. And the lighting is like really harsh for some reason. And I don't understand why. Cause you're in a hot, like, I don't know. Like the kid's dead. Like you don't need fluorescent lighting anymore. <laughs> and like, they're all like, 
they all leave and she just starts screaming and she's like crying and like yelling. She's like, God, don't let my, don't take my son, please. God, please. And then he, you know, of course he wakes up or whatever. And, um, well, he doesn't wake up, but he starts getting a pulse. And like, that's like the only scene where she like really like fervently prays until like that scene where they all sing that one worship song outside of the hospital for some reason, which I hope is not a thing that happened in the (laughs) world. Because if I were an employee of the hospital and I saw an entire town outside with candles singing oceans where feet may fail, I would probably like have a meltdown. So, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, and and the the son's whole arc was made no sense either. Like his whole thing at the beginning was supposed to be like he's kind of a surly teen. He gets into fights on his basketball team. He but has to be really, the big shot. They don't really explain why. Um, I mean, I guess you can sort of assume that it's because he's adopted and also that he's you know from is it guatemala and like yeah they they don't and but they don't really go into depth into that which could have been the most interesting angle of this film by the way like the adoption angle and the fact that he's from guatemala and what like this like midwestern like like (laughs) like that's not really like nor i don't know that could have been a really interesting angle there and could have helped explain why he was like not happy at school but they didn't really go into it they didn't show why he was like why was he having a problem at school why was he getting into fights other than maybe he was a bully it seemed like he was mean to that one kid more than anything (laughs) else like like it didn't seem like it seemed like he had lots of friends right like he wasn't like after it happened it was like he had a first of all he had a love interest which was weird and like he had all of these friends showing up. He he managed to get the entire town to show up and sing a worship song for him. And when he wakes up, spoiler alert, but it's a true story, so you should know <laughs> by now. When he wakes up, the entire town and school starts crying and cheering for him, including the kid he, like, bullied. <laughs> so, like, what? <laughs> also, like, the whole basketball thing, it was, like, at the end, I guess he he learns to be more of a team player because he passes the ball for the final <laughs> play rather than taking it himself. Except, like he was unconscious that whole time, so there was literally nothing that would have like basketball related that would have given him that growth. And also, when he takes the last shot in the opening part of the movie, he wins. <laughs> he makes it, and he's the only one who would have been able to make that shot. God. It's like, I know you just won the game for us, but you should really, you know, you should be less selfish with the ball. Also, the the way that uh like Steph Curry was sort of like shoehorned into this movie because he was like a (laughs) producer on it was pretty funny as well. That is really funny. God, this movie is it's not good. It's not good. No, it's it's really not. It's it's pretty bleak. This was not a fun watch. This is one of those watches where, like, uh, towards the end of it, I started like pausing it a bunch just to yell at the movie, which, in retrospect, was not very productive, but it felt productive at the time. But it wasn't. Um, no, no. There, there are just so many like, I don't know. It's just, like, like like you said. It's like there's a good story in here, but they didn't do it justice, and like. 
that's yeah, a I shame. Mean, like that was the most surprising part because like going into it, I was like, oh, some other it's like another boring inspirational story. Oh, a kid under the how are they even gonna make this into a whole feature length movie? Like the kid goes in the ice, they think he's gonna die, and then he doesn't. The end. But I actually thought that like in the end, it seemed like there was a lot there. And it could have made a very interesting movie if they hadn't been so eager to like jam the uh, the religion down everyone's throat. Like, again, they could have even made it a religious movie if they were just a little more soft handed with it. That's not the way they were going. No. No. I mean, there have been good religious movies. Silence. Yeah. Silence. Let's oh, just all silence. reflect on silence and how good silence is. Um, they should, <sighs> yeah, they should just have Martin Scorsese direct all the religious films. Well, Martin Scorsese is very Catholic, so that would be a good option. Right. Um, that <laughs> um, we get breakthrough. Yeah, they need to, the, the evangelicals need their Scorsese. They need a better, I mean, and it's, I mean, there are so many movies that are like low key have like religious values in them that you don't see and that are better than this. But the ones that are like trying, it's like, it's shameful how bad they get. Like yeah. they have to beat you over the head with it. I mean, that I'll end by saying this isn't God's not dead. The atheist professor doesn't get hit by a car in the pouring rain, you know, like, yeah, that's great. <laughs> it's um, not that <laughs> intense. It's <laughs> It's veering in that direction, but it never. No, nobody is like killed for not being a believer, you know. Um, right. Unlike God's not dead, where somebody literally dies for it. Um, but the whole that there was a non-believer in this movie, and his whole thing made no sense. Like his thing, about Luke Cage. Yeah, Luke Cage. He <laughs> he was one of the one of the firefighters who's supposed to pull the boy out of the water, and he. Like when somebody told him to like give it up, like they weren't gonna find him, he actually heard like keep going, and so he did. And like, what like is that really what you're gonna hinge your entire change of beliefs on? The fact that you might have misheard somebody who was like twenty feet away from you saying something to you. <laughs> yeah, that's ridiculous. That I mean, honestly. The whole scene with the Ice Lake rescue made, like, everything about it was kind of ridiculous to me. The whole thing. Um, yeah. I didn't like it. I didn't like, like, when they, they, I mean, they made us listen to the voice, too, that Luke Cage thought he, you know, like, I was like, this is weird. Can we not do this? It, it just did not work well, so. And the, the idea that he would, like, mishear a voice and then, yeah, I don't know change his entire outlook on life based off this one thing imagine like uh, you hear something and then get told it was something else and you think i must now change my entire belief system instead of just thinking oh i misheard in a high stress situation where a lot of people were yelling <laughs> right um okay um, yeah <laughs> yeah one last thing i think that must be mentioned is the uh the church scene with that what I th this should have been the Oscar nominated song from this movie. Honestly, it was a more <laughs> the, interesting song. <laughs> the the amazing like new age hip worship song from the church scene. Okay, uh, 
So what's amazing about this song is, I mean, there's a lot of amazing things about this song. First of all, I'll say it has a rap breakdown. And I've been to a lot of hip worship churches. And the rap breakdown isn't that common. Um, I do appreciate that this movie went for it, though. But what I also like about it is that somehow he's extremely auto-tuned. And he's, like, doing (laughs) auto-tuned wails. Like, he's just like, "Ah, ah, ah." and it's like, wait, hold on. Um, How? Like, auto-tune doesn't just have, like, you, that's a production thing. You can't just, like, be auto-tune. Like, (laughs) what are we doing? (laughs) I don't know. It's, this is one hell of a church. They might have some special technology they can do I'm sure there is a way where you can sing into a microphone and it makes you sound auto-tune like that. But it was crazy that he was just like, ad-libbing auto-tuned whales like (laughs) that was that was not good that was not a good moment but the what that was like when like the kid like you see like the kid before he falls into the ice he's like sort of like nodding along to this guy like rapping in this worship song like he's Mm -hmm. like maybe feeling it so you know that like he has a chance of coming around later it just i mean in case you weren't aware you have to go into this already being like a Christian or else it doesn't make like you're it's not going to win you over um, because you have to take that as a cue that like, yes, he could become a believer in Christ. Um, <laughs> so. <sighs> yeah. uh, I, don't, I don't even know how to describe the song, but if I can find it online, I'll drop it in the comments. It's, it's not pretty, worth it. It's it's <laughs> I don't know if there not... is a full version of it. Is there? I don't know. Uh, like I said, we'll find out. We'll find out. Um. Why don't we talk about the shorts? Um, I prefer that. I don't. I don't want to go into every short. No, because as we know from last year, if you go back and listen to our episode from last year's Oscar series uh, entitled "A Short Episode," you'll find that it took us quite a while to get through all the shorts. Yeah. Um, so we're just going to give you the highlights this year. Um, let's focus on the winners for each category first of all. Uh, sure. The winner for animated short was Hair Love, um, which is a about like a dad trying to do his daughter's hair while her mom is in the hospital, and it's it's cute, it's endearing. It wasn't my favorite of the animated shorts, but I wasn't mad that it won. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. No, I think um, I think in terms of like just animation style like you it wasn't my favorite the animation stuff there was i and we'll get to it but there was one that in terms of animation was just like a far like i like it was a more memorable style which i guess i just yeah okay um (laughs) but hair love i mean i think it's an important film i think um you know talking about a black father and a black daughter he's learning to do her hair which is you know hair and black people that's like a thing in right now that I yeah. think that's an important like identity. Big crazy hair. Yeah, and like I, I think that that um I think it was beautiful for that. So I was really happy that it won. Um, the yeah. movie I cried watching it. <laughs> oh, oh. I thought it was gorgeous. Um, but I mean I'm an easy cry. Let's be real. Um, I cry <laughs> during a lot of shorts. Uh, shorts always seem to get to me at the shorts programs. Um, so but that one really did. And I think that was was it the first one? I think it was the. F- First. Yeah, that was. I think that one played. It was first, first or second. Um, it was definitely early. So um, I remember thinking, "Wow, if uh, this is like 
the where the bar set, then we're doing well. Um, it turns <laughs> out to be it was probably my second favorite, regardless. So uh, I thought it was really good. I thought it was touching. Uh, I again think it's just important to talk about a black man learning to do his black daughter's hair um, right now in 2020. So mm-hmm. I thought that was like really cool, and I was glad that it won just for the cultural relevance and um, you know representation that it had. Yeah, I do wish it hadn't been like Sony animated pictures that won this award, but well, still, you know, you always you know. wish that it weren't. Yeah. But um, yeah, this was the first one that uh, played in the theatrical program of the animated shorts. And um, when I was seeing this, the person sitting next to me um, was having like some very strong emotional reactions to most of the films. But so like after this one ended she was crying i was like oh if you're crying at the first one like this is gonna be a rough watch for you because like the the animated shorts are always like very emotional um so like if you're crying with the first one this is only gonna get worse and i will say that that most of the other ones didn't make me cry though actually in the animated ones this year yeah, um, she definitely cried at least a few more times during this. I definitely cried uh, more than I definitely cried again, but Kit Bull and Sister didn't make me cry. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Daughter, daughter was kind of sad, memorable, sad. Uh, daughter then, upset me, but memorable, really. I mean, memorable oh, like killed me. <laughs> um, and then the, the, they got to the uh, the honorable mentions at the end, and she just like laughed through most of those. That one was um like the first one was that weird one with the the girl who sprouts wings. Did you see that? Uh I I had the honorable mention ones. I can't remember uh-huh. what they were. I'll have to look it up. Um I don't remember a girl sprouting wings, but I believe you, obviously. Yeah. It was um, really it was a really weird one. Um anyway, um the the other one that I really oh want to yes about. oh you're talking about Henrietta Bolkowski and she yes. like she had a humpback but it was yes um, <laughs> yeah I did have that, that that was a weird one I thought that yeah you know what I did like about the honorable mention ones you had the one where they were like trying to get down the mountain with that guy <laughs> <laughs> that one was hilarious that was, that so, was so funny cool. it was such a and I loved the like weird like 80s like glam rock almost soundtrack like the that one riff like i just thought it was synth rock stuff yeah Yeah, i had a lot of fun with that one um so there oh and you had the crazy one with with the like the animal orchestra in the swamp it was like a chipmunk or whatever like or squirrel like yeah orchestrating this like these frogs and stuff it was like one minute and it was awesome (laughs) like one glorious <laughs> minute like so <laughs> animated yeah the the uh honorable mentions this year were like particularly crazy i liked it they also had that one about like the bird and the whale that yes, was like all hand painted animation yeah honestly that should should have been in like fantasia 2020 like they yeah. should have saved that um <laughs> um yeah, no, but I the animated shorts in general were quite good. I I really liked them. Mm-hmm. The the other um, animated nominee that I wanted to highlight here was memorable. Um, this one, uh, it's it's all like claymation, and it's about uh, a man slowly 
losing his memory um, and losing like awareness of who people are around him. And it's really surreal and like kind of creepy and very sad. And it's extremely yeah. sad. <laughs> it's very good. It's it's, it's heartbreaking, really. <laughs> yeah. Um, this was the other animated short that like actively made me cry. It was hair loving this. Um, and I this one, yeah, it's it's rough, but it's so good. It's beautifully animated too. I love it. But it's really sad. <laughs> yeah, very sad. Very, very in really keeping sad. with. Uh, and we've seen, like, I think even last year there was a, another animated short about like Alzheimer's, because um, I guess that's that's a theme that gets explored a lot in these shorts. But it was also very good. I do think it's I, I think it's interesting that it continues to be a recurring theme in like the shorts, and we're not seeing like feature films get nominated for being about that. When was yeah. the last, I mean, what was it? Like, Amour, like, many years ago? Ooh, was the last yeah. feature film that heavily dealt with Alzheimer's? You want to uh, talk about a sad movie. Okay, that oh. movie was sad and also very scary. There's that one, like, horror scene smack in the middle of it that, like, <laughs> made me, like, jump 10 feet out of my seat. Um, so, that was an upsetting film. I love that movie, though. I wanted that to win Best Picture that year. I distinctly recall, and it did not. So, um, yeah, another uh, another foreign language nominee for best picture that year. Yeah. Uh, um, so moving on to live action, this year's winner was The Neighbor's Window, which wasn't my favorite of the options, but I thought it was pretty good. I I know you don't think too highly of this one. My mom I know. No, 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 no. That's not true. It's not that I don't think highly of it. It's just, like, definitely my least favorite of the five that were nominated. And so, like, I just thought it was the most, like, the safest themes, the safest mm -hmm. filmmaking. Um, like, the the whole idea of, like, don't be envious of your neighbor because everybody has it bad. It's, like, that's always, like, relevant, but it's not exactly, an, I mean... It's well, not a new concept. I like, thought it was about a little more than that. I thought it was also about like alienation and voyeurism versus actually getting involved in other people's lives. You know, like you feel like you can get involved with someone's life just by watching from a distance versus actually getting to know them. But ba basically the, the, movie is about um a couple who are watching a another couple a much younger couple in a building across from them who apparently don't have blinds and first they start watching just because like they want to see them having sex and then they start just like watching their whole lives basically right and eventually um bad things happen shall we say don't want to spoil too much but it's not like that Amy Adams movie that's about to come out, though. It's not like that. Um, I don't know if you've seen the trailer for it where <laughs> Amy know. Adams does the same thing and then it, there's like a murder. <laughs> yeah, it's so not like, it's not like it's not a like thriller that. type thing. No. It's, 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 like it's a, a drama. Sad, it's, it's like a, a sad sad. drama. Um, and like, it's good. It's just like I didn't think that like of all of the movies nominated, I thought it was like the least adventurous i will say yeah. and so like um i will say 
that the director and producer, whatever, of The Neighbor's Window are alumni of The Nighthawk. So shout oh, out yeah. to Brooklyn, New York. Um, cool. <laughs> um, anytime you go to the Nighthawk within the past like month, they've been saying, come see the, the live action shorts here. And shout out to our alum for The Neighbor's Window, which is nominated for an Oscar. And now I'm sure they'll be announcing that it won. Um, <laughs> what did they do? Like, did they work for the theater? I'm not really or sure. They must have worked for the theater um, and maybe like hosted events there or something. I don't know. Okay, um, cool. Uh, they probably also because the Nighthawk hosts regular like local shorts programs where it's only filmmakers from within Brooklyn. They probably showed oh, some yeah. of the films yeah. at the Nighthawk. That's Hawk, cool. That's really cool. Before. The Neighbor's Window had probably been shown at a Nighthawk before already. Um, and I just didn't see it because I never go to the I should go to the Nighthawk shorts f- festivals that they do. They do them. F- it's they do them enough to where I could have gone by now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sun cinema does stuff like that every now and then. And I've, I keep meaning to go because yeah, I, I like to know more about local filmmaking and me too. I'm just like, so not invest. I like, I don't know enough about shorts. Like I just never go to shorts. That's not what I, I see right. like full length and that's it. Um, <laughs> so. Only the full length for me. All right. All right. <laughs> uh, Another one I really liked um, from the shorts, the live action shorts, uh, was Nefta Football Club. Oh, yeah, that was fun. That was good. I thought it was nice because it was, yeah, it was like fun. And a lot of these were kind of heavy. This one was just kind of silly. And like, because it was about like drug dealers, you thought that it might have like a dark ending, but it just had kind of a funny ending. And. Yeah, that was a, nice. I thought I thought it was nice that it didn't. It, it was very easy to see how this movie that had like a really goofy opening, you know, uh, was going to end darkly when you know that it's about like cocaine. Um, <laughs> um, but it, it turned out to have like a nice lighthearted ending. It was really funny. I really I really like Nefta Football Club as well. So I thought it was good. I thought it was interesting. I thought it was fun the whole way through. I really liked the weird, like in the middle, those jokes about Adele. Um, that just like, <laughs> I thought were really, really hilarious. Um, so I like, I liked really any scene with the adults who had clearly lost like pounds of cocaine. I mean, just like so much fucking cocaine. And they were like, what are we going to do? And I'm like, can you imagine losing that much? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, they're like desperately looking all over the desert. Trying to um, that was really funny. Um, so I, I thought it was, yeah, I thought, I also liked that it was like built around these kids, like arguing about like the greatest soccer player of all time. And the one kid like goes to another country to pee just because <laughs> that's where his players from. It's like, I'm peeing here. I'm going to pee in Algeria. Um, I thought, like, I, thought I guess you could do that. I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, not in the U S because the board anyway, um, <laughs> not for us. I guess over there, the borders are not as strict. Uh, well, but I yeah, don't I, have a lunatic building a wall at the border. So um. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, another another one I really liked was a sister, Unsor. Um, this one was about like a nine one one dispatch operator taking a call from 
a woman who is like in the car with her abusive boyfriend and like afraid for her life and trying to like discreetly notify the police to help her while pretending that she's got her sister on the phone. Yeah. I don't, it's interesting that you say boyfriend. What I didn't think boyfriend. Oh, it could have um, been a husband. I, di- I didn't something. think stranger or anything. I just thought like somebody who like she'd maybe gone out with a couple times, but wasn't like. Oh, uh, maybe. I don't. In, I, in a it was someone she thing. knew. I thought that she was, definitely that knew. I sort of thought like coworker who had like, you know, they'd maybe hung out some, but like she decided she wasn't into. <laughs> We're not given a lot of backstory in this. We're really not. And that's intentional. We're not given much at all. Um, uh, It's definitely somebody she knew, but somebody who didn't really know enough about her to not be able to recognize her sister's voice. That's That's why I didn't think boyfriend or husband. Um, Um, He's like, oh, you're, you know, he gets on the phone. He's like, oh, uh, what is it? Lucy, right? That's And that's when he's talking to the woman who he thinks is, this girl he's just kidnapped sister. Um, he clearly couldn't recognize her voice and maybe doesn't even know her name. That's why I didn't think boyfriend or husband. Like, <laughs> Good point, good point. Uh, but yeah, it's just like, it's very tense. It's like a, a thriller type short and um, it's got like building tension throughout the entire thing. Absolutely, yeah. Um, it, it reminds me of other movies that I've seen that rely on like this 911 dispatch um formula but unlike like i've seen ones before where it takes place entirely in the 911 dispatch and like you just sort of get the sense of what's going on over the phone and here you saw both ends of the conversation so it was kind of different um but I, i really liked it it reminded me of the 2018 film the guilty which i really liked nice so this this was nice I like that you thought the guilty. I thought that one short from last year that was the same concept, but about a son being kidnapped. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, um, that one was even bleaker because it involved a kid. Yes. And, uh, oh, that, that one ended poorly, too. So, this one didn't end as poorly. Well, I guess I don't want to give it. Well, this, I guess. if you're It didn't end us, as poorly as that other one. So, it did not you know. end as poorly as a young child being kidnapped. I'll tell you that right now. Um. <laughs> um so um yeah but i really liked a sister as well um actually i mean most yeah the live action shorts in general they were good they were all they were all good um yeah they were all kind of sad brotherhood was a really sad one um and uh soria was pretty sad it was inspiring but it was sad (laughs) very sad sad. (laughs) yeah uh there's a lot of sad movies in the shorts, especially the live action ones, usually. Um, which is why I like Nefta Football Club so much. It's so rare to see a funny one. Yeah, but, and they uh, ended on that one. That was like the last yeah. one. So it, it was a nice way to end the program. <laughs> it was well, well programmed for them. Uh, yes. Glad they gave us that reprieve. Um, so moving on to the documentaries. Uh, the the winner this year was learning to skateboard in a war zone. If you're a girl, yes. And I this I thought was probably my favorite, so I was glad that it won. Um, it's it's just about that. It's about like a school in a war zone 
that teaches girls how to skateboard in addition to like all other basic subjects, math and reading and language, all that. Yeah, I really like learning to skateboard in a war zone if you're a girl. Um, I thought, yeah, easily. I definitely thought it was my favorite. I thought it was awesome. I thought it was really compelling for a, a short, um, you know, like it, I, it breezed by. I thought it was informative. I didn't know that this was a thing that existed. Um, <laughs> um, so I, I don't know. I just thought it was really cool and interesting and really inspiring, you know, to see these women in an area where, it's not necessarily easy to be like a strong woman trying to get her education and learn something like skateboarding and make something, you know? Um, I, I just thought it was really fascinating and great. So I thought it was yeah. awesome. I was really glad it won. Yeah, I do was... think other ones were also very, very good. I loved St. Louis Superman. I, I thought that one was really, really great. Oh yeah. And, uh... That that was good too. That the, so St. Louis Superman was all about, a um i think he was like a, a city um like a he's state, a state representative state representative in the state of missouri who who was um yeah um missouri where like st louis missouri and, and like ferguson and all that um and he was also a uh like a battle rapper as well like, yes he, yeah so he has a rap battle in the middle of it um which is a uh, Really fun also, but yeah, he, uh, you know, his brother was a victim of, of police violence, right. Or gun violence. It was gang, um, like gang violence. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, and so he has a, like a specific interest in stopping this sort of violence in the streets. And that's like his whole political stance. And he spends a lot of time trying to do that. And it's a really nice I mean, it's great to see him fighting for it. I think he's a really compelling character. It's really heartbreaking, you know, <laughs> um, yeah. just to see him fight for it and for the rights of like his family so they don't have to deal with that in the future. Um, <laughs> so I thought yeah. it was really, really good. He, he's very heartfelt the entire time. You could see how much these issues affect him. And he talks about both like his brother and about like all the uh, young black man he's seen killed over the past few years and how that's affected him and he worries about like what would happen to his children and that's why he decided to step up and run for government and try to make a change and it's just it's very inspirational to see somebody like taking these issues that seriously and like trying to personally make a difference right it's really great and um it's great to see him like like when he goes and like holds like you know, like he'll hold his like town halls with his constituents and he like really speaks to them. Like clearly they support him and he speaks to them in ways that like, he feels like a community leader. He doesn't feel like some like weird politician who doesn't actually have, you know, his like base in touch, you know? Yeah. Um, it's like actually kind of nice because it's so easy to see somebody who's like us. I mean, even like a state representative, you can kind of feel like they're like starting to get out of touch at times. And he felt like he really understood the people that he was representing. And I thought that was really cool. So it was nice. I thought it was really inspiring and, and earnest. I mean, most of the documentary shorts, I thought that I felt that way too. Um, so yeah. that's hard to say. Yeah. They always, they usually tackle some pretty important issues and like have a way of making you care about the things that they're about. One, another one I wanted to highlight. Um, it doesn't really, 
tackle any major issues, but I thought it was, um, it felt very personal and touching was uh, Walk Run Cha Cha. I loved Walk Run Cha Cha. At the like, I so, just loved them. I loved them so much. Yeah. So it, it's all, all about this couple, like, a, like an older couple who are like learning to cha cha. And that's like the basic overlying story of the short. But throughout it, they like, they tell their history. They talk about how they, um, they met originally over in, I think, Vietnam, right? Vietnam? Yes, it was Vietnam. Yeah. And so they're originally from Vietnam and he came over at one point and she wasn't able to come over. So they like had like a long distance relationship for years until he was finally able to get her over. And like now they're like sort of making up for lost time, like trying to have like a full life's worth of relationship and what the, t- the time they have left. And I like I found it pretty nice and like just like a decent story about a relationship and all that until it gets to the end. And the end is like their big dance performance. And it's like, it's really well choreographed. It's really well shot and lit and everything. And it's just, it's so powerful when that happened. And that scene alone just totally sold me on this short. Yeah. It really like brought me around. I was like, Ooh, like I'm feeling this now. Like, yeah, this is, uh, it's very emotional and just stunning to watch. I think it is very emotional. I think you can just like, even, I mean, before that, but especially during that scene that does sell it, I would agree. You can just feel how much those two people love one another. Like, (laughs) and it's like, I think that's really special and exciting to watch. Like, yeah, they're like, they care so much about one another and they trust one another and they, you know, to dance that way and to feel that way about what I, I don't know. I think that's like completely beautiful. Um, I thought it was nice that they weren't like 23 year olds learning to dance. Um, (laughs) They were, they were older people and they were dancing their asses off and doing it great. Like, you know, um, that's part of it. They like, they acknowledge that like they're older, they're not going to be able to do everything perfect. They're just learning this for the first time, but but they're like, we're just going to do our dance. Yeah. You know, like, and so like, I thought that was, that made it really special. I I don't know. I, I thought it was great. And also I want to like, go have drinks with these two like i like really want to like go to like their whatever potluck they do like five different times in this movie where they have everyone over for food and drinks i want to go there like yeah (laughs) their parties look lit like i want to hang out with them so um i just said lit i'm toe for grace (laughs) that's lit fam (laughs) Um, now every uh, time i hear that that's all i'm gonna think about it's Topher Grace saying it's lit, fam. Um, if you, he if says you ever... it. He says it to Jose, and then like the next is it? What's his name? It's is it Joshua? Is it Jose? What is it? I, that's the first thing that came to mind. I I really did my best to not learn the names of any of these characters because I really do not care about this movie. But but okay, but it's like important that I like don't say Jose if it's not Jose. Sorry, it's John. It's John. Okay, okay, yeah. John. <laughs> um, because like, we knew it was a J. That that um, much. Was that's clear. all I knew. Um, yeah, like it's like the first he says like it's lit, fam, to John, and then like. The next day, John falls through ice and almost dies. Like, it's like, <laughs> it's like, 
YOLO. So, I'm just saying that there's a direct correlation between being an embarrassing youth pastor and killing your youth. <laughs> like, yeah, um, that, is, that is what happened because uh, you don't want to be lit, fam. It's it's lit, fam, where the devil is. That's where it's, it's lit. You lit don't fam, be. where the devil is. I would not like engrave that on my tombstone. <laughs> Um, you don't want to be lit, fam. Um, it is lit, fam, where the devil is. That's the irony. Um, uh, I don't even know where the devil is. So, we were talking about documentary shorts. Walk, run, cha-cha is great. St. Louis Superman is great. Learning to skateboard is great. In the absence is great and really upset me and infuriated me. It made me so mad I was crying, but also oh, yeah. rage drinking. I was like, order. I ordered a shot at the end of that movie. <laughs> I was like, I need a fucking something. Like in Jesus the absence, Christ. Yeah. In the absence oh, is really God. incredible in its own way. Um, it's not as like personal and emotional as some of the other ones, although it is emotional. Um, it's like the story of this sinking fairy in Korea and just how it was like horribly mismanaged by the government and they didn't do like anything to save these people and hundreds of people died as a result. And what's really amazing about it is um, like how they sort of go through the whole disaster in uh, like moment by moment and like what happened and they've got like the various calls to the Coast Guard and they've got like footage filmed by people who were on board the ferry and stuff it's like it's amazing how much material they have to work with here to really reconstruct this scene uh but it is it's like infuriating to see how just like idiotic the government and specifically the president was about like solving this crisis and as a result hundreds of people died and this is part of the reason that uh, the president of Korea, uh, South Korea, was impeached a few years after this happened. Yeah, I mean, rightfully so. Yeah, it's like it's complete, completely insane. I mean, this was there was a way to save those people. There, there were ways, and they just like didn't do anything. Like, yeah, <laughs> and like, God. One thing that was like so really sad. infuriating was that like it was clear the whole time they were more concerned with like photo ops than they were about actually yes. people. They're like, oh, make sure you've got the cameras there first before we start getting the people off the boat. And it's like, what the fuck? Like there are people on there who will die if you don't get them off before the boat sinks. Like who cares if they're photographed? <laughs> nobody nobody except for these few people in power who wanted some like yeah, yeah apparently like, the president like went and took a nap like halfway through this yes whole thing. that was great like, yeah <laughs> the nap that happened and then like all of the divers who had to go down there and find their bodies and like multiple of those divers who were civilian divers by the way they didn't right. even have enough people who worked for the government who could die far enough to find these bodies of the people that the government had killed. Um, they killed themselves. Civilian divers killed themselves after doing this. Yeah. Like, <laughs> because they found so many fucking bodies down there. Jesus. Like, yeah. it's a horrifying. It's very, it's very bleak. This, this was a dark one. Um, 
but yeah, it was very well constructed. I really liked the way they told this story. Uh, it was solid. And yeah, I mean, I thought it was really well made. I really, really enjoyed the documentary itself. It's just like it had to be the most infuriating of all of them. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah. Oh, God, it makes me angry still. <laughs> I also want to, since it's the last one, I'll make mention of yeah. Life Overtakes Me. Um, nothing about the way this film was put together was particularly impressive, but it was a very interesting no. subject. I think so the I subject thought... was great. I thought the way it was put together was kind of bad. Like I really yeah. did not appreciate the way they put this film together because I actually think that I had no idea that as this movie is about, there is an epidemic <laughs> of children who are refugees just shutting down not like completely (laughs) going completely comatose essentially like and like there's no no medical reason for it they just slowly detach from life and do it and they most of them you know they'll wake up months to a year and some later but like they just this is what happens um it was really amazing i've never heard of anything like this but apparently it's like the the stress of the insecurity of their situation and the knowledge that they might have to like go back to whatever horrors they faced in their home country just becomes overwhelming for these kids and they like essentially fall into a coma they like they'll like lie there and they're like fully alive and fully functioning but they're completely unconscious yeah and it's it's completely I mean, I had no idea this was happening. It's fascinating that this is happening in large numbers and per like almost exclusively in Sweden. Like, I I think that's fat. Like, why is it happening so much in Sweden and not elsewhere? I mean, yeah. the people are not from Sweden, so it's not like I don't think it's the fault of the country of Sweden. Um, <laughs> yeah. but like yeah. they're refugees from other countries, obviously. But like why are refugees exclusively doing this in Sweden? Is it because like the climate there, which is like, you know, it's colder there. Like maybe, I don't know. There are a lot of reasons you can postulate, like postulate. Is that a word? Um, Yes. That you can postulate. Yes. Let's go. Okay. So (laughs) um, there are a lot of things you can consider there, but like, I think it's a really fascinating topic and the movie. Just put it together in the most like mundane possible way. Like, and so like the topic outweighed a lot of like the boring construction of the film but man there were moments where i was like come on this could be a much more interesting movie if you were like interested in being a more interesting movie like (laughs) um so i i was really bummed that it didn't do a little bit more with it um yeah it wasn't it wasn't awful but i no it wasn't yeah it was not one of the more interestingly put together movies but the subject matter sort of overrode that for me because it was yeah very unusual i mean absolutely the subject matter is really fast yeah i i still can't believe that that's a thing and it's not being i mean there should be far more studies into what's happening there like yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a problem that's and very, that, yeah <laughs> like um and just like imagining being a parent in that situation that's so frightening and upset like i don't know so yeah like, like the, 
Yeah. The mind is a weird thing, you know, like, and one thing that I remember learning from my psychology classes in college is that there are certain psychological disorders that um, are very dependent on the period in history that they come up in. Oh, sure. Yeah. Like the advent of the, the train uh, introduced a whole bunch of different mental disassociation disorders and like this, be, uh, this sort of thing coming up in the time of refugees is just, I guess, another sign of the times. The human brain adapting to it, right? Very, very interesting. Man, yeah. So absolutely agreed. It's an interesting one. The documentary shorts were all good this year. There were there were no that were like bad or not worth seeing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Doc- documentary shorts were great. I was a I was a big fan. Okay, so I thought we could also talk about um, one of the feature documentary nominees, uh, okay. Honeyland. Okay. Um, this one was not only nominated for um, best documentary, but it was also nominated for best international film. That is true. And I believe it's the first film nominated for Macedonia. It's either the That's, first or the second. Yeah, it seems right. But yeah, it's um, it's a very interesting movie. Um, it's what I thought was it was my favorite of the feature documentaries. Uh, did not win. Yeah, I think it was my favorite of the feature documentaries too. It was really cool, right. and it's about um a wild honey farmer in Macedonia. Just this woman, like, sort of living out in like very rural area harvesting honey from wild bees and selling it and it's about her struggles with like this neighbor of hers that's like trying to exploit the bees you taking too much of the honey um just her general struggles with the environment and with um other people and uh, i just thought it, it, it was really beautifully shot it was very interesting it had like a really interesting environmental message about it. Yeah. I just, I thought it was a, absolutely stunning and I highly recommend that everyone check it out. Absolutely agree. I also think like being pro bee and pro honey, that's like a very like topical thing these days. Yeah. So why not? Like I, I, I think that this movie came about at the exact right time. Yeah. I really loved it. It was definitely my favorite of the documentary features. I also think it's not every day that like a documentary feature and a like feature film nominee or like are the same, right? Like a lot of times like documentaries are limited to the documentary categories. Right. I Um, do think this was the first time I I think documentaries have been nominated for other categories before, but I think this is the first time that one was nominated for best international film as well. Yeah, they definitely documentaries have definitely been nominated before. It's just not like the norm. It's very rare. Yeah, it is. So it is like, it's nice to see a documentary, not like totally limited anytime it is. And like being like being nominated for best international feature film is that's one of the bigger categories. So like seeing a documentary nominated for that is, is nice. That is, I think that's cool. And what was really cool about this movie is like I felt like it had a really strong narrative to it. Like it it actually felt like if someone had scripted this movie and like put it together, it would have been it it would have not gone down that 
dissimilarly. You know, it right. would have been pretty similar. Because like I, just like all the characters feel very well fleshed out. You can understand their motivations. Um, all the scenes with the dialogue that they pick are very specific. They pick scenes that like everything adds more to the story um and it progresses very naturally so uh, like all in all it's it's one of the better narratives i've seen in a documentary in that like you can understand like a to b to c everything that happens it's become like trendy for documentaries to not really have that sort of like narrative i don't want to say structure because they've all they all have a narrative structure but to not have that like really tight and not even tight but like very like sound narrative structure where you can like very clearly follow it like you know there are a lot of documentaries now that are like more like slice of life they're Mm -hmm. they just sort of like meander from point a to point b and like by the end you've got like this like image of a certain section of life in whatever area and career and stuff like that but yeah i I would agree with this it's like a narrative here that makes sense and i think that's that is nice and that's different for documentaries right now it's cool because it kind of started out that way like it seemed like it was just going to be like oh like this is what life is like for a beekeeper in macedonia and like you're just going to see like some scenes from her life and like other people around there but then like it really coalesced into a very coherent story by the end which is amazing and apparently like they started filming this before her neighbor even moved in. So they didn't even know that all this stuff was going to happen. And like, they just, they managed to get the neighbor on board with filming too. So like (laughs) this all like somehow worked out. It's just a crazy story that they managed to put all this together, but it, it like, it's really engaging. Yeah. I agree with that. Definitely worth checking out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I liked American Factory too. That's the one that won. I thought it was very important to our times. Very, um, it's big. It's about like you know factories and the labor movement and international um, manufacturing and the the conflicts between Chinese factories and American. But you know, at the same time, I like the storytelling better in. Uh, Honeyland, and that's what holds the uh, primary focus for me. I like good storytelling above all. Me too. I also thought American Factory was a little too trying to have both sides, like, <laughs> <At times. laughs> and like there were there were sides that were like completely at odds with one another, and they were presenting them as though they were like both great sides to take. And it was like, well, I think there are like some like. Just like more, like, there are just some like clear sides that should not be taken here. And you are saying that all sides should be taken. And I don't know, American Factory. I just (laughs) don't know. I did like, um, I did like the speech they, like the speech they gave at the Oscars because it was clear that they were very like pro worker. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Not on the Because the movie did not make it clear that that was the case. I got to say. Yeah. Well, but what was, what I thought was really interesting um about american factory not to get not to go too far into american factory because we're running out of time but like are you getting arrested man no i live in (laughs) brooklyn (laughs) it's a wild place out there all right um 
um not to get too far into american factory but um i i did i was impressed with what they were able to get like on the chinese owners and like bosses of this factory like they got them on camera saying some pretty bad stuff (laughs) like openly conspiring to fire people who are trying to unionize and stuff like that i'm like they're just like (laughs) they're going around filming this documentary. Everybody knows they're filming it and that they're just like totally okay with being on camera saying this kind of stuff. I I was, yeah, but like did, did anything bad happen because of that? I don't know. (laughs) I I know, I know that it was embarrassing for the company when this movie came out because there are news articles about it. I don't know if anything like materially happened because of this, but uh, it, it was not a good PR look for the company involved. Right. All right. Uh, moving along. Ad Astra, criminally underlooked film, I think, this it year. Really it was, was yeah. only nominated for, I believe, sound mixing. Just sound mixing. Not even not even sound editing, which is unusual. I feel like usually, not always, but a lot of the time, the mixing and editing nominations match, like, exactly. All the same films get yeah, nominated. Yeah, pretty much. It's the same which, few things. You know, like those are, I do think that they are different areas of filmmaking and they're both important in their own way. But a lot of times, if you've got good sound on one end in a film, you've got good sound on the other end too. It's just. (laughs) Yes, correct. If you've got. Things tend to work. It's hard to have like good sound mixing, but bad sound editing or vice versa. (laughs) Like (laughs) They mix the sounds really well, but they, the, the sounds themselves are terrible. (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah but Ad Astra really should have gotten some more nominations the sound was good in this I feel like every movie that's set in space has good sound like that's just like yeah, you you have it, to have it because like yeah you've got like scenes of total silence and like very isolated use of the few sounds that can get through and uh, technically this movie was very impressive but really I thought like Brad Pitt was really good in this movie he gave like a heart-wrenching performance this the whole story i thought was really good it's all about um an astronaut in the near future i'd say trying to um trying to get a message to his dad who was the captain of some long lost space mission that apparently they've just discovered is still out there um and it's very it's very good it's all it's all about like your relationship with your father yeah no i think i think that's true and it, i think it was very I, I was surprised i mean i only watched this movie maybe like two or three days before the oscars themselves <laughs> i saw this in october so it's it's a, it's yeah. a big memory for me um, I'm well back for this one i mean i've i saw like at least like 10 to 15 other movies at it, okay <laughs> at a minimum 12 movies after ad astra so you know wow. um because i saw two of the shorts programs after i saw ad astra oh yeah, but I, yeah. <laughs> um but i and one yeah no not one of the no it was just live action and documentary so not like the sh- animated where it was like mm-hmm. nine movies um but <laughs> i yeah i thought that 
I was surprised by how few nominations this movie received. And I think that one of the reasons I was surprised was because I felt like going into this movie's release in theaters, it was getting a big push. I I felt like it was getting like the push, like it was going to be a big movie, an Oscar winning movie. Uh, And then it just didn't really get that treatment. Instead, Ford versus Ferrari did. And I (laughs) got to say this ad Astro was significantly better than Ford versus Ferrari in like every way. Oh yeah. And it's very surprising to me that Ford got the nominations. Yeah, I, I feel like this was very well liked within like the online film nerd community and uh, just didn't have enough, like wide enough of an appeal for the Oscar people to take notice. Maybe. I don't know. That's crazy. Ford versus Ferrari did. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the deal is with Ford versus Ferrari. We can it's a talk racing all movie. Day. It's a car <laughs> racing movie. It was. It, I liked it, but again. Yes, don't I know, liked it too. Don't know but... why it's up there with the best pictures, but well, yeah, this... was it a best picture? No, uh, this was this was really cool. This is one of the better space movies I've ever seen. Like even just aside from like the really great performance from Brad Pitt and like the really cool interactions he has with trying to find his dad and and like the whole themes about fatherhood and all that. Just like there were a lot of really cool space scenes in this movie that whole like shootout when they're driving the buggies across the surface of the moon. I was like, Oh my God, I've never seen anything like this because it's like space scenes done with like believable space technology, like based on the stuff that we've actually used to go to space in the past. They don't invent like anything too far out of the blue. They're driving like the same moon buggies that the Apollo astronauts did, basically, except they're like having gunfights on them, which right. is very interesting <laughs> to see. Uh, and it's very high stakes because like you get hit once, you're definitely dead on the moon. Right. <laughs> uh, it was it was a really cool movie. It was a really touching movie. Like I, I just liked everything about it. I think yeah. pe- more people should see it. I, I don't feel like it got enough buzz last year. It didn't. I agree with that. Um, we should definitely also talk about 1917. As oh. we said, this movie uh, it didn't get maybe as many awards as we thought it might, though it did get some pretty big ones. It got uh, the win for cinematography, especially. Um, I oh, liked Roger it Deacon. quite a bit. Yeah, Roger Deakins. I mean, how interesting <laughs> is that now? Roger Deakins was nominated like 20 times for the Oscars was one of like the longest running stories about like, why hasn't this person won an Oscar yet? And now he's won it twice in like the last three years. Yep. Incredible. Um, but he, he's a master as always. The cinematography is really good. Every like, I mean, you have to be good to put together a movie like this. Uh, it's all, it's not all filmed in one shot, but it looks like it for the yes. most part. Um, there is a hard cut in the middle, but that, you know, it's other than that, it looks like it's all continuous and it's very impressive technically, but on top of that, like it's, it's just a very exciting story. I mean, that I do feel like the, the one shot thing helps like build tension and it helps give you a sense of this journey as like a continuous thing that is going on 
Like you feel like you're enduring this whole experience along with this guy who has to run out. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's what it's meant to parallel is like this guy is like having to do this all in one go. Like <laughs> he doesn't get a break. So why should any of us like, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, so I, I think that's like the whole point that, that it's like one of the I mean, this movie is very, very good. I think it sort of. I don't know, went the route of like a Jojo rabbit on film Twitter circles, like where it was like <laughs> suddenly everybody decided they hated 1917 because it wasn't like cool enough. I don't really I don't know. think I don't think 1917 got quite as much hatred as Jojo rabbit. It got uh, a lot of hate. I it don't did know get some hate. Like it was like <laughs> a lot of like, oh, you think you're cool because you faked one shot like for the whole movie. And I was like, mm. He, no shut up like there's <laughs> more than just that yeah there like i feel like part of it was just everybody really wanted to see parasite win best picture and did not like the idea that this one might supplant it i don't want i wanted parasite to win too but that doesn't mean i have to shit on this movie yeah um like but yeah i don't i don't know i thought um I thought that like the the sort of like style of making it look like it was one shot for the vast majority of the movie really worked for this movie. And I didn't, I mean, yes, everybody was like, oh, it's gimmicky. I, I guess sort of, but like if it also serves a thematic purpose, that's not really gimmicky. And I think it served a very clear thematic purpose here. Yeah, so. <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was more than a gimmick. I, I've seen some gimmicky long takes in my time. Certainly... Not a whole long take movie like this that was gimmicky, but I thought that uh, it was a Silent House or Justify. A house. What was that one with um the Olsen girl? With was the, that one take? It was designed to look like it. That was that was decidedly the... not. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I did not. I did not like them. I didn't even. I didn't even remember the fact that it was supposed to be one take. So yeah, they'll tell you right there. Um, yeah, that was not good. <laughs> but um. Yeah, no, I think it worked really well. It fit the story. And on top of that, like, it's just a very exciting, well put together movie. Uh, the scene of him, like, going over the top to run down and deliver the message at, like, the very end is insane. And, like, yeah. is one of <laughs> definitely up there, like, historically, in terms of some of the greatest shots ever taken because. Like there's a whole like line of men running across as he's running perpendicular to them. And they had to like get this whole thing together with explosions going off. And yeah, uh, it's insane. That's a great shot. Um, You, Oh, sorry. My microphone sort of like tilted away. Um, So yeah, that, that's a great shot. I also think that like, I mean, just like the, the movie setting it up so that, uh, Dean Charles Chapman sort of felt like he was the lead for like the first like 20 minutes of this movie. Yeah. yeah. And then getting like just like stabbed and dying out on this like bombed out farm. Like <laughs> in the most random way imaginable, too. It was like, yeah. And it was like sad because this kid had been like clearly a firm believer in his cause of like fighting. Like, <laughs> and like he had been an optimist. And like, yeah. and then like, he just like gets killed and he dies and he's like, I don't want to die. Like, and it's like the saddest thing, um, you know, like, oh. and then his friend has to go on like <laughs> that death scene was heavy. Yeah, it was super uh. heavy. And his friend goes on and does it. And then also like, 
<laughs> I don't know. Having like his friend go to deliver the message to Dean Charles Chapman's brother, and his brother is another Game of Thrones veteran, like <laughs> randomly. Like, I was like, <laughs> what are we doing here? Like, I like almost screamed. Like, I was like, what? <laughs> um, so I know there are only like five British actors, but can we like <laughs> <they're>, uh, <laughs> every British actor was in this movie, basically? <laughs> it was, yeah, impressive. I mean, Benedict Cumberbatch was here, so like, we're like really, um, yeah. Oh yeah. So when I saw that Richard Madden was the brother in this, like I was, I was like, Oh my God. Cause I had literally just watched rocket man the day before. Oh yeah. He, I mean, I just where, seen it as well. <laughs> where he plays like the slimy agent guy. Who's like, uh, he's like sort of Elton John's boyfriend, but also like mostly just using him. But he's and, definitely his boyfriend. That's yeah. like a thing. That was like a thing. Um, yeah, but but it, I mean, he's a bad boyfriend. But he's his he boyfriend. is he is he is <laughs> shit man. He is the worst. Um, yeah, but it was it was very funny to see him in two movies in two days like that. Um, you should have followed yeah. it up with a red wedding. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, every time he annoyed me in Rocket Man, I was just like, "It's fine. You're gonna get yours. Wait till the red <laughs> wedding." Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. I, why don't with that actually? Why don't we transition and talking about Rocket Man? Because that I definitely want to mention as a highlight of my Oscar watch experience. Sure. Yeah, um, it's a great movie. This one, I like. I kept meaning to see it in theaters when it came me out. Too. Oh my and, god! Yeah. Like That's I just so never got around to it, so I I was glad to have this as a part of my Oscars watch, especially because like it's a fun movie. It's a it's an interesting movie, and like sometimes the Oscar watch can get very dreary at times. A lot of heavy dramas and like documentaries and stuff, and this one really broke things up. This one was like a spotlight and everything. Rocket Man is so good. It's so much fun. Taron Edgerton is amazing in every scene. Um, it's it's a crime, really, that this didn't get more recognition. It was only nominated for Best Song. Fortunately, one. So at least this movie got one Oscar. But like, I don't even think the song was close to being the highlight of this movie. There was so no, much else going on. Is that the first? Had had he had um. I mean, it's exciting, right? Because it had. Elton John ever won a an Oscar? <laughs> yeah, I, he he'd won an Oscar before. I think he for maybe what? won for The Lion King. I'm not sure. He definitely won an Oscar before. It's the first time that both he and Bernie Taupin won an Oscar ah, together, yes. okay. to, which he mentioned on stage. Um, but yeah, he he definitely won before. But it was nice to see because um, it was like I mean this was kind of a weak year for original song. I wasn't even was too enamored. <laughs> I wasn't even too enamored with this song in particular, but no, I wasn't. Uh, it, you know, it was probably the best of the bunch. And... I gotta say, I haven't listened to it since. <laughs> no, so. uh, there were so many other good songs in this movie. Obviously, because it's like all of Elton John's catalog in this movie. Um, I'm still, I've still gone back to listen to. Taron Edgerton's version of I'm Still Standing like multiple times since seeing this movie because it's so True. good. 
that is a good um, version of the song. He is he is so good in this movie, and he actually sings. Unlike certain other musical biopics that we've seen recently that were overly awarded, uh, don't say it. If don't any, even don't, think about it. Don't Just think it. Don't on. say it. If don't. anyone knows, you probably know what we're talking about. We're, yeah, we're, we're big uh-huh. mad about it still. Um, but yeah, Taron Egerton is fantastic in this. He really captures Elton John, and he sings so well. And just the the whole movie is so inventive and creative. It's not just a retelling of like, oh, this is how they came up with this song. This is how they came up with that song. It's a telling of like his whole life story. And it's all very, there's all sorts of non-realistic parts and just like big musical numbers and showstoppers and just so many stunning costumes and effects and everything. It's, yeah, it's incredible. It really is. And it's crazy that like this movie was like, this is what musical biopics should be. And they're very interesting and, and, and like original and sort of felt like weird. And the way they handled the musical numbers was really exciting. And we get to see that and it didn't, get any love at the Oscars, but the most boring version of the musical biopic ever. <laughs> like <laughs> literally God. like the worst one you can think of. Uh God, it's infuriating. It's infuriating because this this was like a legitimately good one. Also, this was like legitimately like kind of queer. Like and it just didn't get any love. Yeah. So, yeah. This wasn't like I mean it's important that this movie had one of the first mainstream studio explicit gay sex scenes like yeah um, uh yeah like, and that they didn't shy away from it like also how crazy is it that that happened in fucking 2019 um <laughs> like um there's a whole other thing worth just like contemplating tonight um so yeah it's crazy it's crazy the whole thing is crazy, and this movie got not nearly enough love because it was very, very good, and it was way better than Ford versus Ferrari. <laughs> we, we keep coming back to Ford versus. I'm not Ferrari. letting it go. <laughs> Ford versus Ferrari shouldn't have been nominated for Best Picture. It's it ridiculous. Was, it was a fun hang. It was just it was dudes being. It dudes, was not you know? a be- driving it, cars. What's better than this? Dudes <laughs> being dudes. <laughs> um, it was not Best Picture. It was not. It no, just it, was not. It and not, it didn't stand I, a chance. Like, I know it didn't win it, so, like, whatever. But, like, it was not at all a Best Picture. That's yeah, crazy. I would, I would have liked to see a Best Picture nomination for this. A Best Actor nomination would have been good, too. Um, yeah, just something. Something other than just Best Song, where you're in the same category as fucking Breakthrough. Like, this surely deserved a lot more recognition than that. It like even and that one Toy Story for four is, that one Toy Story four song. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> best best. Co- how, how did this not get best costumes? The costumes in this are so good. I don't have anything to say. I because I don't have an answer. Like <laughs> maybe maybe because they were based too closely off of Elton John's original costumes. Was best That's costumes? Um, did Little Women win? Is that what happened? I think that is what happened. Um. We can confirm in one second. Um, yes, yes, that was yeah. Little so, so I guess what happened there is that like one <laughs> Little Women wasn't winning anything else. Um, 
and that's the Oscars fault. That's not saying that little women didn't deserve anything else. Um, because I don't understand. I'm sorry. Skersha Ronan should have been nominated anyway. Uh, like she should have, she should have won this. I, I don't know. Yeah, whatever. She was nominated. She did not win, but yes. Renee Zellweger was definitely the favorite there. You have yeah. not seen Judy. You don't know how awesome she but is. I she's think very Renee good. Zellweger was the favorite because she's Renee Zellweger, not because of. I mean, that that might be true, but she's <laughs> very good. She's very good. And I love Renee Zellweger. There's nothing that's not a knock against her. It's just like everything I've read about this movie is not that the movie around her is nearly as good. like. It means something when the movie around you is as good as your performance. And that should mean something like. Yeah, it's, it's all the performance. It's really is. Um, that's the, I'm pretty sure that's the only thing about Judy that's worth seeing. And that's I mean, I know that I'm just like heavily critical of biopics about musicians because they're all like the same movie. But like. This one is this one's a little different, though. I, I, I do think they made some good choices in Judy um it's basically like restricted to like a couple month period of her life so which is nice that's nice it's, it's um, not like the whole you know up and coming star becomes the has been or whatever like that you see in every musical biopic it's got it's it's pretty personal to her story which i think is nice but like yeah the the movie as a whole is not that much more than just her performance like i mean her and her performance is very incredible i'm sure it is she's great she's always great like <laughs> i don't have doubt about that but like that's why i think she won and like that's cool it's, it's just scripture rona needs to win an award and we need to do it before she's, she is up for a role that doesn't actually deserve it but we're giving her a right. sympathy award she's got a lot gonna happen China. like with leonardo dicaprio <laughs> um but she's got she's so young though she's got lots of time she's been nominated a ton of times we saw that on leonardo dicaprio a few times yeah well yeah, <laughs> leo leo was, was was getting up there you know uh, yeah but he was still pretty young when we were saying okay he'll have future roles where he did, deserves it too did leo get nominated five times in his 20s though like i mean no uh, I, but I there were like... times where in his 20s where it was oh he should have been but wasn't like yeah and that's what we were saying they were saying oh well he's young now he'll get it a few years down the road he's still he's still fine well we always <laughs> run into these problems you know we always do yeah but it's we'll embarrassing we'll that's why you get like martin scorsese winning awards for like the fucking departed like but i don't i don't feel like renee zellweger didn't deserve this win like i thought it was good like the only the only argument that could be against her performance is that it was a performance in not as good a movie as little women there's which... no argument against her performance there's an argument in favor of other performances right it's not okay. against hers it's in favor of others those are different things okay okay fair enough so that's rocket man <laughs> uh we got a little off track there literally but... not rocket man but yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yes uh go see rocket man it's so much fun i don't even have that much knowledge of like Elton John's discography. I absolutely don't like yeah. his most popular songs. <laughs> yeah. But I was very invested in this movie. It was very interesting. Uh highly recommend. So I we wanted to talk about Birds of Prey tonight. We both saw this. This was my first movie 
back from the whole Oscars thing. It's been like the only movie I've seen in the last month in theaters that wasn't an wow. Oscars movie. It's uh, my third <laughs> Oscars. <laughs> yeah, you've been seeing all the horror movies that I've been missing out on. But, uh, but I, we might... I saw those weren't all before Oscars. Continue. <laughs> We might have to we might have to leave this one for another week. Um sure. but I will say this much. Birds of Prey is underperforming at the box office right now. But if you like fun comic book movies that are just really cartoony and silly and funny, go see this movie. It's great. And it's getting great reviews. It's just it's not doing too well at the box office right now. So go check it out. Yeah, it's worth it. Go see it. It's a lot of fun. And um, one last topic before we leave you this week. Um, we've got to open up the Buzzsaw Movies Corner. Buzzsaw Movies? <laughs> We're here again. We have a trailer for the next Saw movie. I it can't believe happening. we're at this this junction in our it's lives. Happening. We have a trailer. We're here in 2020. There's a new Saw movie coming out this year, and we have the trailer. And the yeah. trailer looks like it has more energy than Jigsaw. I gotta say. It does. It does, yeah. definitely. I'm already so much more excited for this than I was when I saw the trailer for Jigsaw a couple years ago. Yeah. This this has this has some real saw energy. Um Chris Rock, Samuel L. Jackson, both of them are very engaging in this trailer. What does uh, Samuel L. Jackson say that's very funny in this that sounds like <laughs> very Samuel L. Jackson? <laughs> He's like, uh, oh, you want to play a game, motherfucker? Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> it's like so good. It's like, it's like all right, we, we snakes on a plane to this. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's putting in his own personal trademark with the Saw trademark. It's a, yeah, it's a I really appreciate that. Of the minds. Um, the, trail, the teaser is really good. The movie is called Spiral from the Book of Saw. You can just call it Spiral, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, but I, I like the from the book of Saul. I like the idea that this is like sort of like an offshoot of the main franchise. Like there's like a side story that's happening alongside yeah. Saul, maybe. Uh, my personal I mean, I don't really know the timeline here, but my personal opinion and assumption is that this is like one of Jigsaw's many side games that we didn't see during the main franchise, right? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, who knows? It could be like in a different location entirely. Right. We don't know what like the time frame is. We really don't know a lot right now, but it'll be very interesting to see how this fits in with the whole franchise. Um, yes. And as we know, as we know from the last installment, they like to surprise you with um, uh, information about where it actually does fit in. You never quite know until the very end of the movie where things are going to fit. So no, you don't. Not with the song just, movie. Just um, like so. a jigsaw puzzle. The way All the right. Um, fit together. Yes. Um, <laughs> I yeah, you know. but it looks good. It's Chris Rock is a cop investigating new 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 murders that may or may not be the jigsaw murders. Um, also. Uh, the murders are impact or directly targeting cops, which could maybe ultimately be an interesting plot development. I gotta say, most of the Saw movies largely featured cop victims, so yeah. not. 
not, nothing that's too not really a new there. concept here. A um, lot of cops die in Saw movies. Um, the cops are heavy, heavy targets in Saw, I will say. Um, but if it's like specifically, if this is like early on in Jigsaw's career and yada, 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 that could be interesting. We'll see. So, um, I don't know. Yeah. I think there's a lot of stuff of interest here. I'm excited. It, it's it's a really interesting trailer. It's got me excited and intrigued for what's going to happen. I yes. really like two things that I really like in this is obviously Samuel L. Jackson's line. Yes. Uh, and I really like the way the score comes in when they're uh, like when you start figuring out that this is a jigsaw movie because it, you know, it's a teaser. It doesn't let on that it's a saw movie right away. But no. like midway through that score starts coming in, you start seeing all the hallmarks of Jigsaw. It's like, oh man, this is happening. It's very exciting. Yeah, it's it's Zep's theme. It's playing. It's it's happening. Um, I'm excited. I like that the movie's called Spiral and that like the official poster features that like if you haven't seen it, there's like a stoplight hanging over Chris Rock. That sounds like it sounds really bad, but it's actually very good. And the red light is lit up and it's like the spiral that you see on Billy the puppet's cheek. Um, yeah. Very good. I think it's a very good poster. I really appreciate the spiral poster. So uh, yeah, I think there's a lot to be excited about right now. If you're a saw fan as we are on the pod and hopefully you are, if you're listening, cause we did eight episodes about <laughs> saw. <laughs> we know that not everyone out there is a saw fan, but there are a contingency of saw heads out there who listen to us. So those are probably never fear are more. I mean, they listen to us more than other fans. So <laughs> <laughs> never um, fear. We will bring you the saw content you need. I can't wait. I'm so excited. I'm so excited about we're we're going to have to see this opening night when this comes yeah, out. Absolutely. We're absolutely. Gonna, we're going to be all over the emergency so, episode right afterwards. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah. It's happening. Yeah. All right. So we look forward to that in the future. We'll we'll probably talk about Birds of Prey next week. Maybe a yeah. few other things that are currently out. Yes. Uh, but yeah, get out there and see some movies. See some of these Oscar nominations because uh, the ones that won are just going to be more prevalent theaters definitely go check out parasite because that's gonna be it's getting over the place now yeah it's it's everywhere right now so go see parasite if you haven't already hopefully you have already if you're listening to us Um, who knows i know i know a lot of people out there who haven't seen it yet but i want to encourage them check it out are they movie people are there are there film people who lauren hasn't seen it yet matt i'm just saying there are people there are people we like who haven't seen this film yet, and that's okay. I'm Go not saying it's them. not okay. I'm not <laughs> saying there's anything wrong with them. But have you not encouraged her to see it already? Oh, oh, I let's we'll we'll, we'll discuss this off mic. But yes, <laughs> okay, basically yes. Anyway, um, you can find us on all the major podcasting platforms: uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. And um, if you like what we're doing, leave us a review on your favorite platform. And um, you can also follow us on social media at Buzzed on Movies on Twitter. You can email us, um, buzzedonmovies at gmail.com. And as always, we'll see you at the movies. We will see you at the movies.